Hello, everyone. It is Kevin Henry, the editor-in-chief for DrByCuspid.com. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the DrByCuspid.com podcast. Honored to be joined today by a dear friend of mine and an expert out there whenever it comes to young dentists and where they're going in their careers, and that is Jonathan Miller. Jonathan, what's up, man? Morning, man. How are you? I'm good. Good to see you on video here and uh, good to catch up with you. But before we dive into the topic, hey, let our audience know a little bit more about you. Yeah, uh, well, gosh, and this is the old-fashioned, where do we start? But um, so, uh, essentially, what I do is help doctors go into private practice right, for themselves. So uh, I, I kind of talk about it, putting them on the path to being a CEO. You've really got to change that clinician mindset and, and, and kind of take off the lab coat and put on the suit jacket, if you will, of the CEO uh, or a hoodie, depending upon who you look for if we're your CEO. Um, and so first part of my career I spent in banking and in lending and in financial analysis and all that stuff for for one of the major players out there that does nothing but lend to dentists all day long. Uh, and then in the, the second half of my career, if you will, so uh, last seven years, I've been doing nothing but focusing on the actual consulting and walking the doctor from, hey, gosh, I think practice ownership sounds pretty cool, uh, but I'm not sure where to start. Or I've started and realized I'm in way over my head. And so now I need to know. Uh, and so I'm one of those guys that comes in there to help clear all that stuff up and really kind of walk you down the path towards uh, becoming a CEO. Which, hey, I'm excited to talk about a lot of that that you just covered today. So, and I know we got a limited amount of time, so let us hop into it. And whenever you're talking about those docs, whenever they're ready to make that jump into the CEO, what's the biggest thing you think holding them back from taking that step originally? Uh, well, gosh, to go to, to sound a little bit ethereal and pixie dustious, if you will, and I don't mean to because I try to be as practical as possible. However, there's a lot of this, well, what if and maybe. And so I'm really right now kind of going out into the world and saying, hey, there is no power in the maybe. You know, maybe I should buy a practice or maybe I should start a practice. And Jonathan, which one do you think would be best for me? We've got to start getting you to yeses and nos. You've really got to start getting you to the absolutes. So I, I would tell you that if I get 10 phone calls a day, eight out of 10, maybe even nine out of 10 say I'm going to buy a practice. And there's only like that one out of 10 that says I'm going to start. But when we start diving into the absolutes of the situation, let's say you've already bought your home. You already know where you're going to live, raise your family. You've been out of school a little while and you say, I'm going to go buy a practice. Well, there may not be all that much supply. Good old, good old fashioned supply and demand economics start to play a role. And now all of a sudden, oh, gosh, there really isn't anything to purchase. You know, I, I talk to a lot of doctors that are going, gosh, I've been looking now for two years, for three years. And that's when they pick up the phone and call you is I must be doing something wrong. Well, it's not necessarily that you're doing something wrong, but the truth is, is that you put yourself in a, in a pretty tight box. If you want to be in this one pocket of Texas, let's say, and there isn't anything on the market, well, uh-oh, crap. And in some cases, we go down the demographics uh, rabbit hole, so to speak, and we go, oh, well, the good thing is, is there's hardly anybody around. Saturation's really small. And the demographics are amazing. True, but then there's also not a lot of practices around to buy. And if none of those folks want to sell, you got nothing, or heaven forbid, one of those doctors wants to sell and they know they're the only game in town. They're going to ratchet the price up of that thing. So where it's such a premium that you're going to really start going, oh, is it worth it? So I try and do my best in the earliest of times, if I can, if I can talk to somebody as early as possible to get them to focus on yeses and nos. So really like, what do you see yourself being happiest in? Is it taking over a practice with the equipment's outdated and teams kind of looking at you sideways because you've only been out of dental school for five years. They've been sitting at the front office now 15, 20 years. Uh, what do you know? You know, that's kind of how they look at you. Is that really going to make you happiest? Now, in some cases, I understand and appreciate that I help doctors buy practices all day long. I'm not one of these guys that's startup or bust, and that's the only way to do it. I don't believe in that. 
I've seen a lot of different ways to make a dental practice successful. I just believe in that we've got to get you off of the what ifs or the maybes and into the yeses and nos. And really, you've got to be honest with yourself. What would make you happiest? What would be the thing that you're like, all right, I know I can be successful as long as I have these indicators. And so I try and start with, let's define what those indicators are. In some cases, it's about lower risk. So I don't want to invest that much money. I want to borrow as, as little as possible. And so uh, those are some of my indicators. In other cases, it's, you know, I had a doctor one time uh, call me and say he wanted to do a startup and I find out he has seven kids and a spouse that doesn't work. And I'm like, you got to buy a practice, man. And no, I'm not talking startups anymore. You, you got to have cash flow and income uh, and you got to go buy a practice. Now, what's ironic is he had to go buy a practice that was quite large to sustain his lifestyle. He lived in LA uh, and, and, you know, needed the family and the kids and the private school and the whole deal. So we had to go look for something now, 2 million plus to get this thing to work for him and his family. But of course, the whole time, what was he thinking? Well, he called me to say he wanted to do a startup because he'd been looking for practices to buy and nothing out there. But he was looking for practices under a million dollars, looking at that low risk investment, not focusing on cash flow and actual financials of it all. And so there really wasn't a whole lot out there. It all kind of stunk. You know, something doing half a million dollars, selling for 300K might sound cool, selling for 200K might sound even better. You're never going to get the banks to approve that. And so when we expanded the box, there really was, there wasn't a whole lot out there doing plus 2 million on the market, but there was one. And he reaches out to me all the time saying, thank you so much for talking me into it. I'm like, well, I didn't really know I really want to talk you into it. But the facts are the facts, you know, this is the yes and the no's. And so I, I would hate to talk somebody into a practice or out of a practice or into a startup or out of a startup. We really want to deal with the facts components. And it, it feels like that, you know, we've both been in this industry a while and, and there was a time that it felt not like ourselves. No, well, that's true. Good point. You know, <laughs> but move it in a little bit that it felt like that if, if the doc who was selling didn't have the right technology or hadn't upgraded the practice or whatever it might be, as you mentioned a few of those things earlier, that that was going to be a practice that sat there for a while. And it feels like that that's not necessarily the case anymore. Am I right on that? So, so yeah, w- one of the things that we're seeing um, is, I think it does go back to supply and demand, uh, but to not belabor the point, one of the things that we're seeing is a lot of these, I call them second gen or jumpstart style practices where, you know, there's been, there, there was a, 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 a little bit of a contraction in the market such that not only were DSOs coming in and buying up practices, but other doctors were saying, well, I want to go grab this guy's and this guy's practice. I'll have two or three or four offices and I'll be my own DSO. And, and, and there was an opportunity for that post COVID where a lot of doctors are just kind of going, Hey, come take me out. I'm not really interested anymore. I don't want to sign up for, you know, uh, all the additional PPE and everything else. I am out. And so there was an opportunity for the contraction to happen, but now we're a good three years post COVID. Uh, and, and, and folks are starting to go, Ooh, boy, you know, these other two or three offices I have are really being supplemented by my other one. And so now I'm just basically burning cash and I'm not really elevating. I'm still just maintaining. I can say, that I own three or four offices at the dinner party, but I'm no better in three or four offices. In fact, I have three or four more headaches and three or four more challenges and th- all those things. And so now that leaves these opportunities out there for what you're talking about. The equipment may be outdated, the, the stuff may be on the older side, but it's still a really good opportunity. It's low risk. It has everything you need to get going and you can jumpstart it. So in the banking world, when I was coming up for kind of growing up in that lending environment, we call them jumpstart style practices. Today, I hear a lot of things called second gen, but suffice it to say, the easiest definition is it comes with no patients or little to no patients. They've all basically found their dental home somewhere else 
And it's something where owner doctor has pulled patients from that second or third or fourth location into one of their other operations and said, yeah, I'm willing to just sell the leaseholds and whatever equipment is left in there and let it go for really pennies on the dollar. So something at four or five office, uh, operatories could sell for 150, 200K, and that is technically pennies on the dollar because a four or five out practice to start would cost you well over a million dollars. So it's interesting though. Those are, I like those opportunities. I think that everybody has to understand that those are still very much startup driven practices. You're coming from obscurity. You've got to hit the ground running right away. And there are some drawbacks with those. Like you don't get nearly as much in free rent. You don't get obviously a tenant improvement allowance monies. You know, you may not get as much money from the bank day one. There are some restrictions. The, the good lenders understand some of those restrictions and they've actually started to just this year. And I know we're only a couple of weeks in, but I've heard from a few lenders now they're starting to push the box at which they'll lend to that understanding that, hey, it's a really good low risk investment on the on the internal workings of the practice side, but they still need plenty of working capital. They may still need money to update equipment. And, and before what the banks would do is say, oh, well, once you're telling me it's a second gen, then our product is this. Let's say it's $300,000 loan product. But if you needed to spend 200K to buy it, well, then there isn't a whole lot left over to do much updates. I mean, I'm not saying 100 grand is peanuts money here, but you need working capital money. And you, it, it, it does start to spend quickly. Um, and so now some of the banks are starting to go, well, we can look at this thing at maybe a five hundred dollars or $600,000 loan opportunity because you do need to add the technology. You do need to make the updates because the world has only gotten more competitive. You know, if you don't have the digital scanners and you don't have the intraoral cameras anymore, like, well, patients are starting to go, well, what is this? Yeah. You know, I got compression material, like analog, like alginate, like what? Huh? My last guy had this camera and the thing and the wand and he showed me my smile and uh-oh. Well, now all of a sudden you're different, not in a good way. So I've got to ask a question about this generation that's coming out of dental school. You know, we hear how they're different. They think differently, everything else. Do they think differently in a business mindset as well? Are they maybe more prepared to be business owners than previous generations? Ooh, that's a good one. So I don't know if they're more prepared, but I don't think they're any less prepared either. Um, you know, one of the challenges with the world today is there is so much access to information that you've heard me say this plenty of times, we typically go down an affirmation rabbit hole and we want to be proven right. And we're going to go down and ask for the information that sounds a lot like what our story is that we're already telling ourselves as opposed to being open to like, well, that actually might not be the best route. And so I am seeing more partnerships come to the table today. More doctors call me and say, hey, I have a friend and we're going to go do this together. And there is some version of that that, that does spread out risk, that does kind of hedge your bets, so to speak. But one of the biggest drawbacks is when you go to a lender and say, hey, we're going to do a partnership startup or we're going to do a partnership acquisition, well, you've now got two mouths to feed and not just one. And so then all of a sudden, you know, if you're talking startups, the bank doesn't lend you double the money because you're not going to grow twice as fast. I, I wish that were the case, but that just doesn't prove out to be true. So you get the same loan amount as if just one of you went, but now you have two of you. And then we're really kind of, we're starting to stack the deck against you because you're really going to still only be able to put two or three operatories in. And you're not going to be able to work. Both of you work there, you know, four or five days a week. You can split shifts and that's fine. So yes, the office can remain open more days than maybe with a single doctor owner. But it also turns out that it increases overhead as well quickly because you have all that extra, all those extra bills for being open five days a week instead of just the three. And so it can throw off some of the cash flow economics when the lenders are doing their projections. So I've seen, I, I think they think about it differently because they want to spread risk. They, they do appreciate and understand that one, it costs as much, you know, more than ever now to go to dental school. So they come out with more student loan debt. Uh, it also costs more than ever to build out your dental practice. And, you know, the average asking price for dental practices is going up and up and up. 
you know, as they perform better, you know, there's multiples of EBITDA, there's multiples of seller discretionary earnings. There's all these different factors that are kind of coming from the business world and infiltrating the dental world um, that are, are starting to kind of skew things a little bit. So I find that I don't think they're any less prepared, but I, I certainly don't think that they're more prepared. I, I get a little worried about how much access to information there is. And so then there's just a lot of people that are on the soapbox telling them that this is the way it's going to be. And I'm sure that I'm accused of that as well. We're, we're here on the podcast talking about it. So I get the irony. I appreciate the irony of it all. And I would suggest that just be prepared to receive and, and listen to information that may not go with the story that you want. I mean, I do. Uh, I had a guy come to me recently that came to me with a name and a logo that I really wasn't sold on. And it's not my place to say, hey, you know, whatever. But it was such a unique and interesting name that I just thought, you know, gosh, what if you're restricting the target audience that you could access in the earliest of days when you're coming from obscurity? What's that going to mean for you? How's it going to make you feel? And, 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 you know, what if these certain scenarios we talk through projections and things and put some numbers on paper and he's like, yeah, but I know this is going to work and I'm convicted in this. And, and I, and I, I've already done my market research. I've reached out to my friends and family in the community and we happen to know a ton of people in this community. So I think it's going to play very well. And I said, Hey, I'm all for being schooled. I'm all for learning. And I'm happy to say, Hey, great. The good news is, is that when someone does that, my job is to come in and put some guardrails in so that if it does go a little bit astray, it doesn't go completely downhill. And the wrong, you know, downhill is usually a good thing. Hey, it's all downhill from here, but this yeah. <laughs> downhill in business is not the way you want to go. To. And so, and so we're, we're, we're looking at this and saying, okay, we've got some guardrails and some things in place then that we're, we're now going to mitigate and spread out the risk with some other business decisions that we'll make. So that way, hey, you know, if it does kind of close off the target audience or, or the people available that are attracted to the practice in the early days, we can pivot and we can recover and it won't be that big of a deal. Um, but it but it was a, a thing for me where I was like, oh man, you know, gosh, the name is really, you know, direct and dialed in and, and, and speaks to a target. Oh, what if it turns people off? You know, because sometimes it can. Uh, you know, Starbucks was five dollar plus coffees. You'd be like, maybe not. You know, or that's why it's not today. <laughs> you know, uh, my coffee order might be more than five dollars. I don't know. So, yeah, we we. So that's the goal, though. The goal is to try and say, hey, look, I want to be educated as well. And if somebody comes to me and says, I have to do the practice this way, then my job is to say, okay, cool. And can we be open to putting in some guardrails, putting in some safeties? And I do think that the younger generation today is open to that. Is open to that. They're open to some of the guardrails and some of the safety measures. And they don't really come out as much and say, well, you know, by God, I'm going to be successful no matter what you say, because, uh, you know, I, I believe in it. They're more open to saying, okay, cool. Talking to you for a reason. I've surrounded myself with a team of experts for a reason. Let me at least be open to to what they're saying. Nice. So, hey, ask you a loaded question here. But no yeah. matter my age, no matter what, you know, as I'm coming you know, ready to start this practice, ready to, to buy this practice, What's the one thing I really need to do to know that I'm ready for that? So if we're talking, I think that there are, I don't know if there's one answer for both, but I can do one answer for each. So yeah. if you're going to go down and start a practice, you you have to be prepared that there that there is going to be a time and place. So you it's more about mental conviction and the way in which you're doing it and appreciate that, hey, you're going to come out to the market with ideas. And with items that they may not receive that you think are awesome ideas. And it was great. I'm going to offer everybody a $29 new patient exam and x-ray, whatever. And they may go, I eh, on the street's got one for free. Or I don't like it because it's only 29 bucks and I don't want to go somewhere that's doing $29 exam and cleaning and x-rays and you're just going, what? So I think that if you are convicted though in the in your 
you have to put yourself out there. I, and that if we go big picture, that's what it is. You have to be convicted in the version and believe in the version of dentistry that you're going to offer the community and put yourself out there. You cannot be like, eh, I don't really want to put myself out there. I don't really want to do that means doing the social medias. That means doing all the things and getting yourself and your name and your brand and your reputation out there all the time. So you basically have to live it and breathe it 24 seven. And on top of that, there aren't a lot of shortcuts. And that is the challenge of the younger generation today. We've grown up with shortcuts. And I don't, I'm not saying I fall into that generation, but I don't want to sit here and say I walked two miles to school uphill in the snow and the blah, blah, blah either. It's not like that old guy. I'm just saying that you have to be prepared to go through. There's some, some grind and there's some, there's going to be some headwinds along the way. And then it gets easier. You know, you're, 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 you're the, you're the buffalo in the storm that runs towards it. And you're not the cow in the storm that runs along with it. And so you've got to be prepared to go through it and say, yep, I know that there's light at the end of this tunnel. There's going to be some challenges. It's going to be a slower start. There's going to be some things along the way that I, as long as I know if I keep doing these things one foot after the other, then, then here I go. Uh, on the acquisition side, I think you have to be prepared to manage people. You know, you, what you're really buying is people. And that means patience and team. So when we say goodwill, you're really buying people. You're buying a team that you hopefully was trained in the way you wanted to be trained, that you hope has the same beliefs about dentistry that you do. And you're hoping that they don't just walk in and go, oh yeah, you know, we were kind of cool working like three and a half, four days a week. And you're telling me you want to open up five days and maybe add every other Saturday. I don't, I don't like the sound of that. Well, all of a sudden you're the bad guy, even though you're trying to be the good guy, even though you're trying to be well-liked, even though you're trying to be this person that wants to increase wages and maybe offer bonuses. And you can't do those things unless the business performs better. So have to be prepared to manage people, people's expectations, be honest with them, open communication. And that also trickles down to patients. I think that you got to go read some books on managing people. You got to take some courses on managing people, leadership books, courses on leadership. That's the number one challenge with doctors that go in there. They're, they want to go in there to the established practice that they bought and just be the clinician, grab the handpiece and get to work. And it is certainly not that. And that's the number one thing that upsets them, that frustrates them, and that stunts their growth is that, well, these guys out there and these guys out there are team and patience. They're not listening or following along or buying into my vision or you know, they're not doing it. And that'll be the thing. That'll be the thing that holds you back. That'll be the thing that stunts your growth. When you're in a startup world, people come to you and are attracted to you because of the brand that you're living and breathing and all that stuff. So that's the difference. That's the easy part for you. When you're buying the practice though, the brand's already established. Now the, the hard part is the people part. Good stuff, Jonathan. As always, man, I always learn something whenever we get together and chat it up, whether it's on this podcast or, or just hanging out, as you said, over his cup of Starbucks. So <laughs> let our audience know where can they reach out to you? Where can they get more info? Because I know we just kind of scratched the surface here. Yes. So um, denovodds.com is the website. So just like the Latin term, uh, that's why I picked the name. Uh, some people will see it and go denovods. Those are usually not dental people. Um, but I've had some marketing companies in my like, what's Denovod? So denovodds.com. Uh, I'm also on Instagram at Start Your Practice, uh, Facebook as well. Uh, of course, LinkedIn. Uh, I think I have my phone number plastered all over the place. It's my personal line, it's my cell line. Yeah, I get a lot of spam calls, but whatever. There's a there's a blocked caller list for a reason, so I'm not worried about that. Uh, and and so you know, through the website or through uh, social media channels is great. And I'm and I'm always down to, I, I'm a I'm a big believer in that connection and I'm always down to get on the phone and just have a chat and have five, 10 minutes. And I think that, that I can give you some real actionable advice on like, it's not so much about beginning with the end in mind. It's about what's the next step that you need to take. What's the first step you need to take to make it a reality. 
I mean, if I said begin with the end in mind to all the clients I work with, they all want a successful practice. Someone will say, well, I want a successful couple of practices and I want to be able to go home and enjoy my friends and family and kids and all that. And it's like, well, yeah, that's the end in mind. And I get that. And, and it may be more clear for other folks, but a lot of them just aren't sure, well, what's the first step I need to take that's going to make me, you know, on the, on the easiest, less stressful, most affordable path towards getting that to happen. All right. Well, hey, we're going to put the website in the show notes. That way you'll be able to find Jonathan really awesome. easily. And as always, Jonathan, man, enjoyed the time and enjoyed the insight. Thank you so much, my friend. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate it. Absolutely. And thanks to all of you listening to this episode of the DrByCuspin.com podcast. We appreciate you and we look forward to bringing you another episode very soon. Take care.